0: And I believe that that's
1: really why you're here. Christ died for us.
0: History Makers.
1: Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. This week on History Makers, we feature part two of a conversation with Pastor Paul Newsham from Salt Church in South Australia. Uh, Now, you're also um, just fresh back from Israel. And uh, one of my highlights from the trip, I do have to say, Paul, was when you preached to our tour, 14 of us. Uh, in Cana, outside where Jesus turned the water into wine. Uh, it was funny, there's all these shops there that sell wedding wine at Cana. I thought that was interesting. Uh, but you, you preached a great word there, and I, was, uh, and I thought, wow, this guy's amazing. And I, re- I was really impacted by it. That was certainly one of my highlights. What would be uh, some of your highlights from the tour?
0: I'm surprised you don't remember that you preached that sermon. I just borrowed the notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, for me, the whole trip was in many ways a highlight. Somebody said that it takes the black and white pages of the Bible and puts color on them uh, when you go to Israel. Um, but I think if I try to nail some highlights down, one of them was that um, uh, day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, that all, as you know, that all came about very accidentally that we ended up there in that meeting. Um, but I just loved it so much, and I just touched God. I just remember... One stage, I don't know how long it was for, but I was just lost in God, worshipping with tears streaming down my face. They tell me somebody had a TV camera stuck in my face, but I never saw the thing, you know. Um, I just loved that. That was just an amazing highlight, looking out over the city of Jerusalem. I think um, one of my big highlights was the Valley of Boaz in Bethlehem, when I realized that here was where Boaz and Ruth met. They had a little baby called Obed. Obed is the father, grandfather of um, David. David was born and anointed king there. And then he's the great, 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 great whatever of Jesus. And Jesus is born there because Herod said you have to go back to the place of your lineage. And so Joseph and Mary had to go back to the Valley of Boaz to register. And when I, all of those stories collided for me, three of the great stories of the Bible collided, that was just incredible for me. Um, look, to stand in the brook where David picked up, wasn't that amazing? Picked up the five <laughs> stones to go after Goliath, you know? I um, oh, look, how can, you, how can you pick a highlight? It was just amazing. The Wailing Wall um, was just to go and pray. And I, I spent 10 minutes with my head against that wall, just weeping before God, repenting, actually. Because if you remember, the night we went to the Wailing Wall was... Yom Kippur, and it was actually at the Day of Atonement, and it was the it's a day of national repentance. And so I decided I'm going to repent. I don't know what for, but I'm going to repent for not repenting. Uh, and I just got lost again in, in ten minutes of weeping before God as I realized I stand before a holy God uh, and I need to be uh, willing to repent before Him. And then, we, I don't know if you were with us, we went back for the tour of that underground tunnels
1: yeah, you know I didn't I mean? go. I didn't go that night, but I, I remember going last year. And you actually yeah. got to touch the law, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. I got. To, <laughs> they they brought out. Uh, they were dedicating or christening or whatever they do, blessing seventeen um, of those things that contain the Torah. Uh, a family were giving them to the Israeli Defence Forces, and um, yeah, and and we found out what was going on. And I asked, could I take a photo, and ended up being allowed to stand there touching it with my wife, which blew my mind that they would let a a mere lady stand there, you know, because there's a whole lot of that stuff goes on over there that males and females are allowed and not allowed. And so i got this magnificent photo of both Laurie and I standing there next to the, the scroll container of the Torah with the scrolls in it. And I was just overawed because I thought this is a unique experience. And I love the Word. There's nothing in the world other than Jesus like the Word of God and um, I just love the word, and to be part of that, and I don't think everybody gets to do that. So I was really blessed by that.
1: I'm just getting shivers up my spine and, you know, all these... Picture memories uh, from our tour as as you've been speaking, Paul. And the other highlight I do have to say too was uh, at the Garden Tomb. Yeah. Uh, we went and saw the place, you know, of Golgotha, where there's the place of the skull, and you can see the yeah. the skull in the cliff there, where it actually happened. Christ was crucified at the bottom of that cliff, and and then the Garden Tomb. And the good news is, I've been telling everyone it's empty. He's not there. He's risen. Um,
0: yeah. Well, I went in and had a good look, and I couldn't find him anywhere. And it, and it's even written on the door. So yeah, he must be right. gone. But you know, again, I had the incredible privilege and i don't know why i got all the privileges but had the incredible privilege of bringing the devotional and leading us in communion there and um i just i just enjoyed the whole moment of it and the concept that uh the lord really laid in my heart was a more blessed are they who believe without having seen that was what jesus said to thomas and and i thought to myself you know what i've believed in the resurrection for many many years without having seen the empty tomb but now i've seen it uh, I'm I'm really happy, but you know, just the fact that many of our listeners will never ever get to see the empty tomb, they'll never get to see some of the things that we've seen, although it'd be great if they can. Um, but Jesus said we're more blessed. Raw faith is far better than faith that's got something to hang on, really, Um and uh, you know, without faith it's impossible to please God, and that please there, that word please, is a very intimate word. And so if you've got faith, you can have an, a really deep intimacy with God. If you haven't got faith, you can't. And uh, so to be able to believe in God, even though you haven't seen all of this stuff, can help you to have great intimacy with God.
1: Absolutely, mate. And my wife and I sat down after the trip and watched all the uh, YouTube clips that we filmed on the way. And you featured in a few of those. And Pastor Darrell and and uh, you know the you know the other highlights for me were like Nazareth, visiting uh, uh, Nazareth where Jesus grew up, and hearing the Messianic Jewish man share about you know uh, about the gospel and his testimony. That was amazing. Uh, Was 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 that another
0: highlight for you? That was um, particularly if you remember, I threw a question at the guy and got an answer that blew my mind about the pressing of the olives and how he, he paralleled the three ways that they pressed the olives to get olive oil with the three prayers that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm standing there thinking, man, I wish I could think like that. That is just <laughs> incredible. It was such a beautiful thought. Um, yeah, and uh, just really, really challenging. Another highlight for me, and again, it was total accident, if you remember, was um, lunchtime in Bethlehem, I think it was, when that um that um, pastor of the church in Bethlehem shared his story with us. And was that – yeah, that was Bethlehem, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: Pastor Nihad, I think his name was, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, when he shared with us about how he, he preached for nine years to an empty church and he actually got desperate with God and said – because he's in Bethlehem, and he said, Jesus, aren't you homesick? <laughs> 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 Wanting, You know, just pleading with God to come and do something. And and uh, he hung in there faithfully. God spoke to him out of Jeremiah and told him that everyone thought Jeremiah was a failure as well, but he wasn't. And then today he's got seven full-time pastors, which means he must have a lot of people, and three other churches that he's planted, and also ministering into the nation of Jordan. And that was a—I mean, listening to his story was was— Another very, very teary occasion.
1: Awesome now, I should just ask you too about this because this is an important thing. Uh, a lot of uh, A lot of people don't read their Bibles, and you know we're facing biblical illiteracy in the churches more That's than right. ever. Uh, you're very passionate about getting into the Word of God, and I remember hearing you share with our Jewish tour guide about how the Bible is like a love letter, uh, yeah. and you were talking about you, you know you and your wife, do you want to just share that with us?
0: Yeah, well, I met Laureen in Bible College and we weren't allowed to communicate. It was very strict rules, and I don't mind that. That was fine. And then I left out of Brisbane and came to Adelaide and she stayed in college for 12 months. So back in those days, phone calls were incredibly expensive and very difficult. And so... um, uh, we couldn't communicate much. And the only way we could communicate was by mail. And so uh, in the last six months of our separation because of distance, I wrote to her every day. She probably wrote to me once a week, but I wrote to her every day. And I would long, I'd just sit there waiting for the postman to come uh, just so I could get a letter from her. And I would read it and, read it and read it and read it and read it. And and she would read my letters. And I remember later on, and she was complaining about a particular characteristic I had she had been complaining about that. She discovered after we we're married, and um, and one day we were sitting there and just looking at our love letters. Um, you know, we're doing one of those romantic things, and all of a sudden I realised the characteristic she's complaining about was in those letters. And I said to her, "You can't complain anymore. You knew about it before we got married." You know, but it was just incredible to to to, to learn about her. We got to know each other so well through our letters, and for me, that's what the Bible is. God has written this incredible book explaining how much he loved us. Right from the very start, he gave Adam the very best. Adam sinned, and he stepped in and he redeemed him. And right through the Old Testament, there's there's redemption after redemption after redemption. We come into the New Testament, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The whole thing is a love story till eventually we get taken back to heaven and we become the bride of Christ and um at the big wedding feast, and so to me it's a love story. The other thing about it is this, and so you get to know God by reading his letter to us, but the other thing about it is this, now 80% of God's voice to the average Christian or to a Christian is the Word of God. He's already written down a whole lot of stuff that he doesn't need to repeat. It's all there, 80%. So if I'm not reading my Bible, I've actually cut off 80% of God's ability to communicate with me.
1: That is absolutely amazing, mate, and I just love your heart for it. And you're actually reading through the Bible chronologically at the moment.
0: Yeah, I use a Bible called Cover to Cover, um, which you can get in most Christian bookstores, I think, and you can get it online. Um, and it uh, it breaks the whole Bible up into a day sessions. Uh, it takes about it takes me about fifteen minutes to read a day, um, and but it works through chronologically. So instead of going Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, it actually goes. Um, through, as the story was written. So the first verse of the Bible is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the second verse is a beautiful verse out of the Psalms about how amazing God was, and he was before the mountains were ever created. And then the third verse in this particular Bible is, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. When you read the life of David, you go through it, and all the way through the Psalms, that he wrote are interspersed with the history of his life. So, for example, you read about his sin with Bathsheba, and then you go into Psalm 51, which, of course, we know was the psalm that he wrote as repentance for his sin with Bathsheba. Uh, You go into the Gospels, and all the Gospel stories are written together, so it gets a bit confusing because you read the story of Capernaum four times, but you... um, you end up reading the story in the order that it happened, and it makes a lot more sense to you.
1: A couple more things. I want to make the most of my time with you while i got you. A couple more things that have sprung to mind that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you shared an incredible story about uh, a man in India during one of your uh, devotions oh, yes. that you shared with us, and I, I can't remember the details of the story, but I thought our listeners have to hear
0: this one. Tell us that story for us. Oh, we've got to tell that one in a hurry, too. The man had a church by now of, I think, 300. And a very good friend of mine, he's got, church, he's got 2,000 churches now, but this was his first church of about 300 people at the time. And he was he was preaching, and two lepers turned up at the door of the church. It scared him a little, because, of course, leprosy, go back 40 years or whatever, it was a very dangerous disease, and, and people were terrified of it. And so um, it scared him a bit, and he kind of says, all the anointing left me, and I... I quickly gave an altar call to wrap the meeting up, and these two lepers came and gave their lives to Jesus. I prayed for them. They went away. Next week, they came back. There was 10 of them, and uh, and everybody was nervous now, and he prayed with them, and then he said to them, so what are you going to do now? And they said, well, we're going to go away and beg, and he said, no, you will never beg again on Sunday. you come here on Sunday. We will feed you. You beg for the rest of the week, but you don't beg on Sunday. Next week, there's 35, 30 of them came. And now the church is really nervous because we, you know, we can't have these people around here. And anyway, and I think it was ten of them wanted to get baptized. And, uh, he had ten of these Christians wanted to be baptized. They so thought, oh, well, we'll have a joint baptismal service. The moment they knew that the lepers were getting baptized, the other ten pulled out. They weren't going to get baptized. So he gets into the baptism, because he by baptizes, baptizes by full immersion. He gets into the font. And the moment the first leper came in he realised he'd made a mistake because the water coloured up immediately from all the uh, the uh, the gunk of the skin because of the blood and the, the you know, the open wounds and so on. And um so he baptized and he didn't even know where to hold them because their flesh was was poorly and so on. But by the time he finished the ten, you know, his garments were messy and the water was filthy, got out of the water. I'm not doing justice to the story, telling it this quickly, but got out of the water and uh, of course their tradition was that then, after baptism, people got their first communion. And so he lined them up across the front of the church, and he was giving them communion, passed them a piece of bread each, and they had it. And then he passed the cup, and he suddenly realized that the cup, they used one cup for everybody. And he gives it to the first leper, and and the, you know there was blood on the cup. And it goes to the second, and it's getting worse, and everywhere they're holding it, where they're drinking from, it gets halfway down, and he suddenly realized in his tradition that at the end, when it gets to the end of the row, the the minister drinks the rest, <laughs> and he suddenly realizes he's got to drink out of this leprous cup, and he's just praying, "Oh God, please, when it gets to the end of the row, let it be empty." They're all thirsty and hungry. Let them drink so much of it that by the time it gets to the end, it's empty. But when it got to the end, it was still about half full, and he took it and he he saw this huge cup in the, in as a vision in the sky, and he said the Lord said to him in this cup is all sin and all sickness known unto man even leprosy drink ye all of it and he said he just broke before God he drank the cup and he went and gave every one of the lepers a hug and suddenly the people came around him and they said Pastor these are our brothers and sisters or brothers now what are we going to do for them and so out of that came an organisation called New Life Homes or something and uh, they um, they have 45 lepers living there for two years they treat them teach them the trade, get them saved, baptised wow. in water, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then send them back out of the community. They come back in for clinical treatment every so often, and it's become a huge ministry. Hundreds and hundreds of lepers have gone through that place.
1: Wow, such an incredible story, and I just yeah. love the way you share that with us and just gives hope uh, for all of us uh, to yeah. to know that uh, no matter what we're going through, God can provide a way. Yeah. Uh, well, Pastor Paul Newsham, I reckon you're a history maker. I really appreciate uh, your time with us on the radio, and if people want to find about uh, about your church in South Australia, the website is saltchurch.com.au, and you can find out more information about your ministry there and the three campuses you have in South Australia. Uh, God bless you, mate. Good to talk to you again, and maybe we'll see each other next year in Jerusalem. (laughs) Okay, bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry, and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Bracks, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen, and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.